Sit down if you want to. Right in the middle of what's going on. I'm in the middle of an interrogation. Take a seat, young Skywalker. The middle children of history, man. Middle of the day, Alfred. Please, take a seat there. Right now, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Stop the middle of the base hit! Meeting in the middle. Fight, fight. They fought for the freedom of middle. 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 The middle of the middle of the middle. The middle of a war. Freaking ridiculous. Why don't we have a seat to talk about? No, not the middle seat. When you need a minute to look it over, it's time for a freeze frame. This show is designed to pause and take a quick look at a different movie each week and see how it holds up with a closer look. These are always spoiler-filled reviews, but if you're curious about the movie and don't want to be spoiled, look for the ratings and the time code in the description. This week we'll be freezing on Roland Emmerich's The Day After Tomorrow. The film is one of the most popular disaster films, and it features Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Ian Holm. We found something extraordinary. The government has to start making long-term preparations now. Jack, all you have is a theory. Mr. Vice President, if we don't act now, it's going to be too late. storm is just gonna get worse. What should we do? I will come for you. Do you understand me? The movie focuses on several stories following a global ice age after several extreme weather disasters. So boys, what did we think about the day after tomorrow? Is it a tornado of action or a boring drag moving at glacial speeds? Let's start with Jake. So the, I haven't seen this movie in years, opposed to this past weekend. Um, it's been a very long time. I remember I thought it was good when I was, you know, very little. And then when I, I, I saw it, I sat on it, and I came to realize that um, it was better than Geostorm, which we just, you know, just reviewed on our full-length podcast. Um, I like it better than Geostorm. But the, the only parts that I really actually enjoy of this movie are the two actual disaster parts. The disaster in LA and the disaster in New York, I think are are executed really well. Other than that, it's not all that great. It doesn't hold up as well. It's just, you know, too much too much dialogue, not enough going on in between the disaster scenes. I think we're our attachment to the characters is better in this one than Geostorm, but that doesn't say a lot. Um and I think Dennis Quaid, um, his character with his science-y kind of stuff, he explains it pretty well and makes it a little more interesting and believable, but it's still just overall not that great of a movie. All right, how about you, Drew? I'm going to kind of echo everything he said there. Um, the movie has, especially coming off of Geostorm, which I didn't even think the effects were good in that, the effects here are very good, um, and the big disaster set pieces do have a sense of scale and a sense of danger that Roland Emmerich really is one of the only directors that can really handle that. The problem is, in all of Roland Emmerich's films, all of the problems are the same, whereas the rest of the film is completely dull. Uh, the dialogue is wooden. The characters are only as interesting as the stars playing them. I do think Dennis Quaid is the highlight of the film. Even Jake Gyllenhaal here, who I think is probably one of the best, if not the best, actors working today, he's kind of just meandering along here. He's clearly not engaged with this material as much as he has been in the, I guess, in the future, if we're talking about when this came out, and in the past, if we're talking about now. Um, it just, that the sequence in where they're stuck in the New York Public Library, it had been a while since I'd seen it, um, and it, it feels like that sequence goes on forever. Once it hits that big sequence in New York, which I agree is impressive, 
uh, it just drops off like a snail's pace. Uh, it is a slog to get through through the rest of it. It's too long of a movie. It's not as interesting as it, as it should be. Um, and yeah, it's really a textbook example of style over substance. Yeah, I think the the key thing with these types of movies, if you like disaster movies, you're going to like The Day After Tomorrow. You're going to like 2012. You might even enjoy Geostorm. But they all follow the same formula. Emmerich here knows that just seeing a city get destroyed doesn't make for a good movie. So he figures out, all right, we need some emotional attachment here. Let's have different characters in different locations have to experience this so that way we have something for the audience to root for. But because these global disaster movies need to focus on so many different locations, we don't get enough time with each character. And there's only so much that you can do. This movie tries to go more for the survival aspect of the disaster afterward for the second half of the movie. And I agree, it doesn't work. It takes way too long. It's not engaging. And because we've only spent a little bit of time with each of the characters, having to sit through and watch them be the suboptimal characters for an extended period of time doesn't make for a fun movie. Um, that said, the effects are fun. The disasters are fun. Other than that, there's not too much that this movie has to offer. Yeah, I was I was actually pretty surprised at how how dull it got in between some of the action scenes because this is a pretty well-renowned disaster movie. It's kind of a lot of people's go-to when they talk about this kind of genre. Um, so upon rewatch, I was a little... I was interested and kind of intrigued to see what I was going to get from a, a second time around. And I was pretty surprised that I, you know, I felt the way I did. I mean, I actually disagree. I think Jake Gyllenhaal's okay. I think Dennis Quaid is fine. Um, oh, I don't like Jake Gyllenhaal really? at no, all. I think he's okay. This. I th- I think he's really? horrible. I don't think he's horrible, but I think he's he's bored. At times, at times, Ugh. yes. But I think he engages sometimes. I think it's more of an issue of writing than his acting. If I'm being fair, but I can't get behind his character at all. He's supposed to be a smart guy, but his entire emotional arc is about this girl and surviving. And it just, it's not fun for me to watch. And it's not engaging to watch. And he's kind of cringy in a lot of parts that really irks me. And I think you you nailed down what's most important about, like, what the most important thing that you need to get right in these disaster movies. Because, listen, the characters are always going to be thin. But the best of these disaster movies can channel the star power that's in it and make it accessible to audiences. Like use the star that they've cast as a really good audience surrogate. Uh, one of the better ones, it's not a good movie. I'm not saying this is a good movie. <laughs> but San Andreas does a really good job of putting the rock at the forefront and making him an engaging person to follow. Not an engaging character, an engaging persona. And this movie almost has that with Dennis Quaid. Almost. It never has it with Jake Gyllenhaal for me. Um, and that's really a big problem. 2012, uh, which is a 16-hour long movie <laughs> to start with, had that with John Cusack. Um, he was an everyman that I, I enjoyed following. Chiwetel Ejiofor is an engaging presence in that movie as well. But Day After Tomorrow really lacks that surrogate, and it suffers for it because it just really feels like we're watching a bunch of faceless red shirts get taken out by ice storms. Uh, one thing I, I will say is that what Geostorm... I don't want to keep comparing it to Geostorm because it's kind of not fair. Geostorm is pretty bad. But uh, one thing it, it does is it at least at least tries to keep engaging it. It tries to introduce another action set scene with the, uh, with the boat 
uh, the big ship that kind of floats through. Um, they go in there looking for supplies and, and medicine, and they try and make it engaging by wolves escaping from a zoo, but it just doesn't quite <laughs> stick like the other two disaster scenes do. Um, the wolves, yeah, one they they don't they somehow don't catch Jake Gyllenhaal when he's running around, um, which I guess like I mean they're better characters than Jake Gyllenhaal's character, <laughs> but like they're they're wolves and there's four of them. None of them catch them like at all, and I don't know. It's supposed to build up one more suspense thrill kind of scene, but. It doesn't really capture it at all. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think my my biggest checkout moment of the movie for me is the wolves. Just because it's so obviously shoehorned yeah, in. Yeah. Where they come up with this sense of drama. Okay, we need to get medicine for her leg. So we can't just have them go into the boat. That's boring. We need to have some sort of drama. I know. Let's have wolves come onto the boat for some reason. <laughs> and. Yeah. It's it really irks me. The other scene that really irks me is the initial um, the initial time when Jake Gyllenhaal goes to call his parents on the flooding room in the library. He doesn't tell them what's going and, on. Well, a explain yourself better to your right. parents if it's your last phone call. But then the movie spends an extra thirty seconds longer than it needs to to see if Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be okay You're escaping right. from the cold flooded room. Like we're waiting for we're waiting for him to emerge from the water. And we know he's like, going to. We know. We know <laughs> he's going to survive. We've seen the trailers. This movie has another hour and a half to it. I didn't even think Just, about that, Nate. That's a great point. That was stupid. Like, it's the um it's a manufactured drama that stems from not the disasters but just uh we need to shoehorn in, in something here that really irks me about this movie and it prevents it from being a good movie in my opinion yeah because the movie blows its wad like 30 minutes in okay mm. I'll, I'll give it i'll give it a little more credit it blows its wad about an hour in and then yeah the it they run out of ways to make compelling drama so they just start making shit up like Okay, I, again, I don't want to compare it too much to Geostorm because Geostorm's like fucking White right. Castle, it's, and this is, I guess, McDonald's. It's just fresh on our minds. high-end so garbage. Easy. I'd give it Wendy's. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it has kind of the opposite problem, where Geostorm actually puts some stuff at the end. Uh, Day After Tomorrow puts all the good stuff in the first hour and then just leaves you there sitting, waiting for it to end. Although, you know hour. what other scene I want to I mm-hmm. talk about that was, it for me, was like, all right, this movie's not starting off well. The, the very beginning when he's like they're drilling through the ice cap or whatever and the guy drills and, and like the entire thing separates and he Dennis Quaid risks his life for these pipes that one was not established what they do and two are never talked about again so it's just it's just unnecessary drama for this movie to throw in at the beginning uh, if you're gonna talk about unnecessary drama that Dennis Quaid does if you really think about it his whole third act story of going to rescue his son is a pointless story because there are thousands of other people in new york that get picked up by helicopter later there's no reason that he needed to risk his life to go through this giant snowstorm to get to his son well wasn't that why they found he was the reason that they found out there were survivors in new york because he walked there they were gonna fly helicopters over there anyway at some point it's new york yeah i gave that a pass because i thought he they, he was the reason it happened he needed to help his son fix that F he got in that one class because he was smarter than the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my biggest complaint plot-wise about the movie. But let's let's get into final thoughts here. Drew, on the seat scale, what would you rate the day after tomorrow? Uh, damp lawn chair. It's not worth your time. It, we were talking about how Geostorm might be a cable movie. 
this one is a little more excusable, putting on in a Saturday afternoon and watching the first hour, but once it hits that New York sequence, there's really no reason to go back to it. Um, it's just a, it's a dull flick. Uh, it does a lot of visually cool things and then wraps it around with nothing. It's like a pig's in a blanket with an actual pig inside. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Interesting. All right. How about you, Jake? I'm really, really torn between two ratings because there are some good parts to it. And it's not like, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie per se, but it's not, it's definitely not a good movie either. It's just a couple good parts. So I want to give it like like a wooden lawn chair or like a, or like, <laughs> or like a, a soggy wooden seat <laughs> or something like that. Uh, like, like it's it's worse than middle middle of the road, but I wouldn't quite call it bad. You know what I mean? He's cheating. <laughs> I will do that. Well, if if Jake's gonna be the the middle person on this one, I'll I'll give this one a wooden seat. I think this film has some entertaining moments, um, but it kind of fits that definition of a wooden seat almost perfectly. It can't hold your attention through the whole movie. It has some pretty glaring holes. Um, but it is the quintessential disaster movie. So if anything else, you watch this movie to figure out if this is a genre you like. That's actually a good point. Yeah, I can buy that. So I'd, I'd give it a solid middle, a wooden seat. Um, I'm not a huge fan, but I can't deny that the stuff that it does well, it does well. And the stuff that it does bad, it does just as bad as every other generic action movie out there. So... That'll do it for this week's episode of Freeze Frame. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, please like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Middle Seats. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at The Middle Seats. And feel free to email us at themiddleseatshow at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions. Anything you can do to help the channel grow is greatly appreciated. So, for Andrew Roger, Jake Hensler, and myself as Nate Lungarini, we are The Middle Seats. Keep that seat warm. And we'll see you soon.